Blog Talk Radio. December 10th, 2019, and uh, episode number 193, I think, of the uh, Crystal Silence League. This is the Reverend John St. Germain broadcasting live from Divine Harmony Spiritual Church. And tonight we're going to start a series on the four branches of crystal amancy pioneered by our founder, Mr. Claude Alexander. Have a little bit of music while we're relaxing come back with the colder warm beverage of your choice if you're where i'm from it would be warm because folks we have snow tonight it's in the 20s and we have snow be back in just a minute sitting in here mellowing out to that music on my headphones it sounds really good tonight a lot of talk roulette is uh, <laughs> on our side everything's going our way tonight i should be quiet uh we're winding down 2019 as we head toward 2020 and uh, this has been a heavy year uh, everybody has been um weighted down by the astrological and numerological factors that have caused this year to be very heavy. Uh, all my clients have been dealing very bravely with lots of um, spiritual burdens, and uh, we will um, lay those down, won't we, and uh, enter 2020 with a refreshed attitude and uh, um, face it with a attitude and with a can-do attitude and that we will uh, launch everything with a fresh start with that in mind uh my crew and i we've been uh, renovating the website we've been uh, purging it of old stuff you know i've had the same website since about 1992 um, and all i've done is really added stuff to it it's been like a frankenstein's monster and uh, we finally brought it into the 21st century and you should check it out it's www.johnsg.com j-o-n-s-g just like me john st germain j-o-n-s-g.com and uh, uh tell me what you think about it it's a thing of beauty it's mobile friendly now and tablet friendly and uh, um friendly for everybody go check it out we are the crystal silence league for those of you who do not know this was founded in um around 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of projecting positive prayer and affirmation for all those in need of such. And when he passed into the silence around uh, 1954 or so, he uh, took it with him until uh, 20, uh, 2007, I think, when adepts of Association of Independent Spiritual Churches brought it to the interwebs. And now you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. That's O-R-G, not com, but org. 
and post your prayers. And prayers are always free at the Crystal Silence League. And we um, pray for you. And when you go there, you'll notice that we have uh, lots of prayers. Uh, sometimes 100 to 200 a week are posted there. And our members pray for you and our pastors pray for you. Um, I'm a pastor and we have many, many pastors that pray for you. Uh, many of us print out about 10 of those prayers a day or we print out 10 prayers several days a week. Not not everybody does it every day. I don't do it every day anymore. I do it about three days a week and uh, put them on our altars and uh, some, some burn candles on the altars, burn them on the prayers. And uh, I, I, I burn my Divine Harmony candles on the uh, prayer petitions that I print out. Um, and uh, we pray that, and we'll, we'll go there in just a little while, and we'll pray for some folks. But first, let's talk about our crystal of the week, which is scapolite. Uh, scapolite comes in different colors. Uh, I've seen it green, orange, purple, yellow. And um, uh, we'll talk about the purple scapolite tonight. And um, uh, it's very complicated um, uh, molecularly. Uh, um, Mineralogically speaking, um, uh, chemically speaking, it's a very complex crystal. Um, it's got uh, lots of minerals in it. I know it's got aluminum and uh, sulfur, uh, calcium, silicon, lots of chemicals in it, lots of minerals, and uh, uh, which affects its vibratory uh, energy. So. Um, uh, it's one of the stones that I recommend to protect your computer. Uh, tektite, tungsten, and uh, scapolite. This helps protect your computer against spiritual attack and against the dreaded mercury retrograde. And um, it um, uh, also helps protect people uh, from that idea that uh, sitting at computers and working with electronic equipment and working around uh, power uh, towers uh, can harm you with uh, electronic emissions. It is a um, uh, a good stone to help with concentration. And uh, I'll tell you what else it's good for. Uh, I've used it for this. Uh, you know how you get uh, sometimes your mind will dwell on uh, anxiety-producing scenarios, and if you didn't get it right the first time, you repeat it and add details to it, and then think, well, you know that. That didn't create enough anxiety, so I think I'll replay it and add even more stress-inducing details. And then you just keep running it over and over. You get stuck in a loop. So you think about these things again and again and again and again. And find, you find yourself in uh, obsessive thinking about it may be something that happened in the past, uh, stuff that makes you sad or anxious. Uh, Scapolite is very good for breaking those loops. It breaks the chain of that. If you're determined to do that and you find yourself stuck in a loop, uh, this is a very good crystal to help you with your meditations to help break that. Um, it helps cut through these things. It's a calming stone. It help, helps you with your focusing. It helps you cut ties to the past. And uh, these are not ties in this life, but some people say it will cut ties to past lives, the karmic chains, uh, karmic debts. Um, a lot of times when we're trying to change bad habits, we uh, sabotage. Uh, I did that tonight. I was, uh, I'm thinking, my doctor said, you need to lose five pounds. It's not a lot, just five pounds to help my A1C. And I thought, well, I've been doing really good with that. And I was at the store, and uh, somehow a package of Oreos wound up in my cart. I didn't put it there. Uh, it was a spirit where the Oreos themselves jumped in my cart. And I said, well, I can always put those back before I get to the checkout stand. And, uh, um, somehow they stayed there and at the checkout stand I thought well, I could still put those back but I got distracted reading the uh, headlines on the papers at the checkout stand and I thought well I could I can still put them back I don't have to buy them but I got involved in a conversation with the checkout lady and I brought them home I, well, I don't have to eat those I can put them in the cabinet but somehow I wound up eating but so you see we self-sabotage right uh, it's an internal dialogue and anyway I wound up eating maybe one or two more Oreos than I probably should have. So we can self-sabotage ourselves when we uh, <clears throat> want to uh, create good habits and break bad habits. And uh, uh, scapolite can help create better habits, better thoughts, uh, 
during your meditations and your um, um, reprogramming. Uh, it's a very hard stone. You can do a direct uh, infusion with it, but I wouldn't. I, I don't do direct infusions anymore when I make elixirs. I put those stones in another container, um, like a vial with a screw cap, and then I'll submerge that in the water and let that sit in the sun for a while. Then you add a few drops of brandy so you don't grow mold in it, and um, uh, etc. You know, um, <clears throat> there are people who have Keurigs, you know, drip and, and, and other drip coffee makers, and they tell me, uh, oh, you shouldn't have one of those. Uh, you know, I love my Keurig. I love my Keurig, and uh, I use the uh, compostable pods. There are companies that make pods that are, are compostable. You can put them in a compost heap or take them to a commercial um, uh, compost firm. And uh, the uh, the uh, plastic that they're made of is plant-based plastic, not uh, uh, petroleum-based plastic. And, you know, the plastic is not plastic. Not all plastics are created equal. In fact, you know, glass is plastic. Did you know that? Uh, glass is the liquid. If you set a crystal ball on a stand, you're supposed to rotate it over time, otherwise it will it will sag into an oval shape. This is old wisdom. Uh, my grandmother knew that. Uh, a crystal ball that sits on a stand over time will sag into an oval shape because glass is liquid, and glass has plasticity. Plastic is a term that describes a quality, plasticity. So not all plastics are equal. The bad plastic is the uh, uh, petroleum-based plastic. It takes centuries to deteriorate. Plant-based plastic can deteriorate in a couple of months. Even in a landfill, it'll deteriorate in a few months. Uh, so uh, there are these uh, company. I get it from uh, San Francisco uh, Bay Coffee Company. Uh, put them in your Keurig. Uh, they, um, uh, you can uh, either just scoop the coffee out of them and recycle them or just take them to a, a, a compost uh, uh, plant and they'll I don't know what got me off on that, but uh, the Keurig, uh, people say, oh, my God, they grow mold. They grow mold. I'm, I'm thinking, how often do you wash your uh, equipment? Because you're supposed to run uh, a mixture of uh, white vinegar and water through those things a minimum of every two weeks. Because, yes, they will. And uh, it's the same thing with uh, water that you make elixirs from with stones. You put uh, something in it to discourage the growth of harmful mold. And uh, you can do the same thing with your Keurig. Um, you can run vinegar through it. You can uh, run uh, vodka through it. Um, uh, you can run a lot of things through your Keurig to discourage the growth of mold. Uh, you know, if you like alcohol in your coffee, run a, a you know, run uh, some spirits through it and uh, discourage the growth of mold. Uh, people do get sick from their coffee makers. It's a public service announcement there. Keep your coffee maker clean. Um, have you ever thought about, in the back of your coffee maker, um, uh, you know, putting some crystals and making your elixirs that way? Don't. It's a very bad idea. I saw it on uh, the internet one time. Very bad idea. You get lots of dust um, that way, and uh, you will uh, ingest that, and you don't want to ingest copper. And uh, um, some some sulfur, got copper, uh, magnesium, um, too much magnesium, uh, manganese, things like this. You don't want to ingest that stuff, so... Not everything you read on the internet is a good idea. Some of those crystals will, uh, you know, heavy metal poisoning is a real thing. Let's go to the uh, www.crystalsilenceleague.org. Go to the uh, prayer request page. And uh, in the time that I was there earlier to now, we've had 11 new prayers posted. Around the holidays, the stress level gets very high, and uh, uh, people are praying for a lot of things. Uh, a lot of prayers are like, please, Lord, don't let my family come over. Um, and I, I'm serious. 
I'm serious, but let's uh, let's start some of these prayers. We have prayer ID 89068, who says, Please pray for F and E to have a safe and successful trip to San Antonio, Texas this weekend with J. Angels, please guard and protect them. Amen. And we have prayer ID 89067, who says, uh, Please pray for me that I get enough money and time for the new house rental deposit. And this uh, this uh, young lady says, I'm scared I won't have enough for a deposit, so I haven't been able to apply for a rental house yet. And my current lease expires in January. And I'm scared I have nowhere to go. Um, I've lit a candle and prayed to St. Espedy and given him a glass of water and promised public praise and pound cake. Is someone who knows how to uh, honor St. Espedy. Um, uh, so please pray he helps me in time. I've also paid for a candle to petition to St. Joseph. Very good. For help as well. My current lease is not being renewed by the owners, and I'm very scared as I have no family here. Well, we'll we will sure pray for you. Amen. Prayer ID 89066. Dear CSL Dedicants, you've joined my musical community in prayers for our dear one, E.W. He has suffered illnesses, drug issues, mental agonies, homelessness, relocation, family travails, and more. It appears now that he has died. Oh, God bless him. Please join his heartbroken friends and bandmates in prayer for peace and all the best of whatever the infinite holds for him. May his music and writings and photos survive and return to us for preservation. May his prayer bless us all. Bon voyage, F-L-E. Namaste and amen. Prayer ID 89065. I pray for the perfect home and approval of a home mortgage for myself, husband, and daughter. We've been taking care of and living with a family member for three years and unable to feel like we have a real home. We'll be moving back to our home early in 2020. St. Bridget, bless us with a miracle, a true home. Amen. Prayer ID 89064. My brother and sister-in-law called and said they don't want to exchange gifts this year. We didn't get to talk to my other brother, B, about it because he's on vacation. Pray B will also not want to exchange gifts because I don't really have the money to buy stuff either. Also pray he doesn't come over here for the holidays and doesn't have anything extra at his house, so we just see him at my brother's. It's too much stress to go to his house, too, and he's always critical of my life. Well, bless your heart. Prayer ID 89063. May any curses on my finances be broken and lifted. May I receive money easily and freely. May I be lucky with money. Amen. Prayer ID 89062. Please let R.C. pay me my money. Amen. Prayer ID 89060. Dear God, please give me the strength to change the things that I can and help me to stop ruminating on things out of my control. I know that everything will be okay in the end, but please bless my future and my mind so that I can have good mental health. I suffer from intense anxiety and emotions. Hey, Scapolite. Scapolite. Prayer ID 89059. Lord, I pray that you send guidance in order for the evidence and the people that are too afraid to step up and speak come forward in order to prove my son's innocence of this falsified charge against him. He is innocent. I ask for a prayer that the evidence and people that know information to manifest in order to prove his innocence. Amen. And prayer ID 89058. With infinite gratitude, ease, joy, and glory in an easy and relaxed manner in a very health and positive way for the highest and greatest good of HM and highest greatest good of all. I, H.M., intend, decree in the name of Jesus that infinite financial abundance, prosperity endlessly flows into my life right now from ten directions and three existences and multiplies exponentially in my bank account. Money, wealth, riches abound, abound. Find your way to H.M. safe and sound. Fill H.M. Amen. B. 
beautiful, beautiful. Prayer ID 89057. I pray to St. Espedee to bring about swift and urgent action in regards to K. My offering of gold is waiting. Praise St. Espedee. He's to be relied on. Amen. Let's just have a couple more. Prayer ID 89055. I ask the universe to heal my heart so that I will be open to a new relationship. Thank you. Spirit tells me that you'll have a new one. You'll have a new one for the new year. Prayer ID 89054. Praying for a settlement agreement for the amount I'm requesting in my heart, which will cover my student loan costs and my loss of wages. Amen. And we have... Let's get a... Prayer ID 89049. I'm asking for help through prayer that my Oregon State job applications are getting through and that I will land a job soon so I can pay my bills. Amen. Let's have a moment of uh, prayer and affirmation for all those in need of comfort and support. Amen. Tonight we're going to begin to talk about the seven branch or the four branches of crystallomancy, and the four branches are attraction, projection, scrying, and healing. And these are uh, very in-depth subjects. We're going to spend several weeks on them. Uh, the uh, introduction that I'm going to um, uh, talk about, first we've got to talk about color. We're going to walk into the color theory because uh, Mr. Conlon uh, talks about the use of the crystal. When he talks about the crystal, he's talking about the crystal ball, but we're not limited to the use of a crystal ball. And one of the techniques he used was the use of colored crystal balls, colored glass crystal balls. And I want to tell you the purposes of these first, and then we're going to talk about the use of color in uh, the history, really, the traditions of color in occultic and magical traditions. Uh, because this is something that's very important. Why do we use different colored crystals? Why do we use different colored candles? Why do we use uh, different colors in magic? And uh, I will tell you that these tinted crystal glass balls can add a dimension to your work as Mr. Conlon realized um, that's quite significant. Um, in his book, 
or his lesson that was called uh, Personal Lessons, Codes, and Instructions for Members of the Crystal Silence League, which was a pamphlet that uh, all the members received, um, he pointed out uh, that the uh, the use of these crystals were, were very important. Uh, very important to use the right crystal for the right job. And uh, I believe that this uh, is important. I don't recommend everybody go out and buy all these crystals. Um, there's a certain color of crystals that you should start with. You should get a, cr a clear crystal. And um, if you're going to work with prosperity, get a green crystal. If you're going to work with love, get a pink crystal. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll list these for you. I will list them. The clear crystal is the universal sender and receiver, and it's useful in all aspects of crystal work. You can get by with a clear crystal and do everything. You truly can. And the best crystal ball are the little ones that are uh, about two inches in diameter. You don't have to have a big crystal. In fact, the bigger the crystal, the heavier they are, and they're unwieldy. And uh, I like to use the 3-inch crystals myself, but the 2-inch crystals are very handy. You can carry them in your pocket. And uh, we've also worked with uh, these little 3-quarter-inch uh, crystals that look like marbles. You can work with those. The aqua, or uh, pale blue crystals, are often used in uh, health work and uh, to help project or uh, attract tranquility for uh, spiritual work, spirituality work, and um, uh, peace work. They're very good for receiving, but not very powerful in projecting. The red crystal is a very powerful crystal, very powerful. Um, it's, uh, it's used for love work, sexuality, for movement, getting a, a situation to move, for action, um, for um, uh, bringing adventure and excitement into your life, uh, blood. It, it can be used to jinx. It can be used uh, to bring harm. It can be used to throw. And it takes a great deal of passion and conviction to send with a red crystal, uh, but as a receiver, red can draw in a great deal of strength. It can draw in a great deal of spiritual strength and a great deal of emotional strength and a great deal of physical strength. The green crystal is uh, one of the most popular ones. It's uh, used for prosperity and money and all matters pertaining to business. And to be a, a good sender with a crystal, it takes somebody with a, a philanthropic heart, someone with a generous and giving heart to be a good sender. There's a, a class of crystals that are yellow, honey amber, purple, lavender, that are um, employed to work with uh, success and career, uh, personal power, charisma, um, travel, legal matters. Um, I like to use the honey amber for court case. Uh, these are good for both sending and receiving. Uh, the purple crystal is used um, a lot for uh, the same sort of thing you might use a uh, crown of success for. The black crystal is used to absorb negativity and evil spirits. Mr. Uh, Conlon said that black is the ultimate receiver, and as a sender, it requires a masterful will. It is uh, wonderful for uncrossing. He said nothing escapes its inky prison, the uh, its ebony prison. The um, the power of the black, uh, uh, especially obsidian, uh, ebony. Uh, the power of the black ball is uh, immense. Uh, it will absorb all negativity. If you feel like you've picked up a lot of uh, exogenetic energy, if you've been out 
among a lot of angry, negative, anxious people and you bring it home with you, you can give it to the black ball. And black balls never need cleaning. They never need discharging. They'll just take it. It's like a black hole. You throw it in a black hole. So these are the colors that we work with. And um, um, and I'll tell you that uh, in a book he wrote, uh, or a chapter of a book he wrote called Crystals and Crystal Gazing, he also mentions the use of crystal points, stones, and uh, other nat shiny natural objects um, by seers uh, of all cultures. And um, you'll find that any kind of scrying technique, projection, reception, that you master with a crystal ball can be equally effective with crystal points and stones. And there's a type of uh, scrying stone called a palm stone. It's a flat stone that you hold in the palm of your hand. And uh, usually they're of an irregular shape, and you find one that fits the contour of your palm. It should look like you're holding a uh, puddle of ink in your hand. And uh, you, go, you just go through these irregular shaped stones. A lot of people like black stones. I have a really nice piece of jet that fits in my hand. And uh, you scry with them. You know, you peer into them. You can also send and receive with them. Um, and uh, any transparent or shiny medium can yield itself to scrying. Um, because I've, um, uh, you know, for instance, we use brown or tan in some work. You say, well, where do you get a brown ball? Well, you, you know, it's not transparent, but you can get, well, some smoky quartz is brown. And, uh, uh, you know, you can find lots of uh, um, uh, brown calcites and brown jaspers that are uh, spheres, lots of them. But um, there are certain medium, certain stones that yield themselves to scrying. And there are certain stones in the uh, repertoire that are believed to enhance clairvoyant talents. They naturally enhance clairvoyant talents. Uh, a partial list of these, we talk about them on the show, and all of these are fashioned into spheres. You can get all of these that are fashioned into a ball easily found. These are not, you don't have to climb to the top of a mountain in Tibet to get these. They're easily found. Or amethyst, uh, aquamarine, azurite, beryl, carnelian, citrine, clear quartz, emerald. An emerald, a two-inch emerald sphere will cost you some money, but they're out there. Flint, heliodor, hematite, jet, lapis lazuli, moonstone, and a moonstone sphere is very beautiful, fragile, don't drop it, but beautiful, morganite, obsidian, opal, sapphire, tiger's eye, and white calcite. These are all, and there's tons more. You can go to Danburite, any, uh, selenite, uh, angelite, any of the angel stones for specific scrying purposes to uh, uh, attempt to project and receive messages from the angelic realm, from the ultra-dimensional realm. Uh, the possibilities are infinite. Um, you can find large crystal balls mined from rock quartz, um, polished agate, rose quartz, obsidian, tiger's eye, jasper, fuchsite. These are uh, very, very, very great. Um, um, so what do we do with these? We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But first, uh, let's have some station identification, and we'll come back and we'll talk about color theory. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron. 
with Elvira Love at Phoenix Lafay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I really didn't even know where to start when I I said, okay, I'm going to talk about the uh, color theory in uh, occultism. I, I had no idea where to start. I said, where do you start with something like that? Um, and I decided, well, I'm just going to jump right in the middle and start discussing the seven rays and work from there uh, in every direction <laughs> possible. But uh, most people know the seven rays from uh, as an occult concept uh, through the uh, teachings of theosophy, uh, most notably uh, Annie Besant and uh, uh, Helena Helena Blavatsky. Although the theosophists did not invent the idea, the idea uh, goes back to antiquity. The seven rays go back to antiquity, but the theosophists certainly did a lot to popularize the idea. Of the seven rays, um, the uh, you can see it uh, in Western occultism, um, not in Gnosticism and Mithraism. Uh, you can see it in the Catholic Church, the idea of the seven rays, uh, as early as the as the Byzantine Empire. Uh, in India, in Tibet, uh, you can see the seven rays. Um, going back uh, the, to the uh, before uh, the Vedic era, so we're not looking at something that is a something that somebody made up. The seven rays seem to be an intrinsic part of uh, religion and occultism worldwide. This is something that occurs anytime somebody looks into the uh, the primordial occultic ether boom the seven rays so this is something it's a fundamental um, property of the universe uh, when looked at through the occultic eye um, uh, gosh well, you go through the 19th and 20th century writings when uh, western occultists started looking at it and there's an explosion of writing about the seven rays um, so along comes the New Age movement around the uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, um, and the Seven Ray concept appears uh, as a, a healing force in uh, Reiki uh, uh, and other hands-on. Uh, you start talking about the the white light, the violet ray, etc. Now you go back into Greek mythology. And um, you start talking about um, the gods that would take the shape of bulls. Um, which, uh, okay, Greek mythology leads to our zodiac, the 12 signs of the zodiac, right? Taurus is associated with um, many of the gods. Zeus would take the form of a bull and impregnate human women. Um, and um, also uh, Pan and Dionysus would take the form of a bull. Um, when they did, it was said that their faces would gleam with seven rays of fire. The seven rays were also uh, the purifying rays of the sun, uh, which was seen in the uh, worship of Mithraea. Um, the, um, in Catholicism, which, as we know, borrowed a whole lot from paganism, right? Uh, the dove of the Holy Ghost is often seen with an emanation of seven rays. The image of the Madonna is seen with uh, emanation of seven rays. The transfiguration of Christ is often seen with seven rays of light shining from the luminous body. And if you look at many of the Byzantine-style paintings, all the holy figures have seven rays of light coming from them. So what is it with these seven rays? If you look at uh, the paintings uh, 
pre-Renaissance, um, the rays of light that come down and shine upon the belly of the pregnant Virgin Mary, seven rays. The Italian Secret Society, Knights of the Apocalypse, um, wore on their breasts a star with seven rays. In Hindu um, mythology, oh my goodness, um, um, Agri, Agri, the uh, the famous Vedic deity, uh, who is a, a god of fire, lightning, and sun, basically uh, the fire element, um, um, he has seven fiery tongues. And... Um, uh, Vishnu enters into the seven solar rays, which dilate into seven suns. We can go on and on and on. It's kind of like uh, the, when you talk about sun worship. Um, uh, Vedic scripture seems to be closely related to um, ancient Egyptian mythology, uh, which also influenced Greek mythology, which also influenced gospel stories. These are all interrelated. Um, um, the uh, uh, the Archon Lao, which was the seven rayed sun god, <laughs> in a, that made its way into the Gnostic uh, pantheon, was also the serpent uh, Chinubis and the second beast in the Book of Revelation, the seven rayed sun god. Um, the seven arms of the Hindu god Agri, the seven stars in the hand of the Christ in Revelation, and the seven rays of the Chaldean god Heptychus, or Lao, uh, in the Gnostic stories, all seem to be related. Um, so, what is it with this, these seven rays? So, uh, um, so along comes uh, uh, Helena Blavatsky and uh, writes obsessively about the seven rays. The seven rays, the seven rays, the seven rays. Theosophy holds that all religions are attempts by this uh, spiritual hierarchy to help humanity in evolving to greater perfection. Each religion has a portion of the truth, holds a piece of the truth. She was a universalist. You know, she believed all religions um, taught the same thing. Uh, um, she wrote that the seven rays of the Chaldean Heptachus or Lao on the Gnostic stories represent the seven large stars of the Egyptian great bear constellation, the seven elemental powers and the Hindu seven rishis. And she stated that the seven rays of the Vedic sun deity Vishnu represented the same concept as the astral fluid or light of the Kabbalists. And that the seven emanations of the lower seven Sephiroth are the primeval seven rays and will be found and recognized in every religion. We're looking at something that is a fundamental quality of the universe. She says these seven rays, and we're quoting from Madame Blavatsky, are a key which reveals to us on indisputable grounds of comparative analogy the Indian phoenix, the emblem of cyclic and periodic time, the man-lion, Singa of whose representations the so-called Gnostic gems are so full, over the seven rays of the lion's crown, and corresponding to their point, stand in many cases the seven vowels of the Greek alphabet, A-E-H-I-O-Y-W, testifying to the seven heavens. This is the solar lion and the emblem of the solar cycle, and Aruda is that of the great cycle, the Maha Kalpa, co-eternal. Mahakalpa is uh, the great eon of the. It's in Buddhism a lot. It's the uh, world cycle, the beginning. The universe expands and contracts. It's like the Big Bang and the big uh, contraction, co-eternal with Vishnu, and also of course the emblem of the sun and solar cycle, as well remarked by C. W. King. Whatever the primary meaning of the gem with the solar line and vowels, it was probably imported in its present shape from India, that true fountainhead of Gnostic iconography. So, what do these seven rays mean? Um, well, here we are. Um, 
there's hundreds of meanings assigned to the seven rays. Um, according to um, the consensus of the theologists, uh, this office, the first ray is will, willpower. The second is wisdom that arises from love. The fourth ray is divine harmony, a beauty of harmony that arises from uh, the tension between the physical and the mental or spiritual. The fifth ray is science, what you can know in the physical plane, concrete knowledge. The sixth ray is uh, devotion. And the seventh ray is uh, rites and rituals, ceremonial devotion, um, or ceremonial magic, that, that which is brought about through rites and rituals. Now, another model of the seven rays, um, which was uh, believed by some of the ceremonial magicians of the 19th and 20th century, um, says the first ray is the power of God, the second ray is the wisdom of God, the third ray is the love of God, the fourth ray is the purity of God, the fifth ray is the truth of God, the sixth ray is the peace of God, and the seventh ray is the freedom of God. Now, again, along comes our new age in the 80s, 90s, etc. The concept and the imagery of the seven rays starts to be reinterpreted and applied to a variety of settings. Now understand that uh, you can't say that these are contradictory uh, applications of the seven rays. These are manifestations of the seven rays. Um, the um, um, esoteric astrology became very popular uh, in the uh, 70s and 80s, and the seven rays or split into three groups. The first two rays represent will and wisdom, and the remaining five rays uh, represent activity. There was a mental and a physical break. Uh, uh, you learn a lot about that uh, if you study Reiki. So um, uh, then it became practiced, and this is what we see today. If you, if you weren't, if you're not an old person, you didn't see the evolution of this. But what you see today, uh, individuals can use affirmations. You, you know, I, I channel the white light, I channel the violet light, I channel the red light, I channel the green light. Candles, color therapy, uh, vibrational medicines, crystals, to contact uh, uh, powerful beings, archangels, uh, interdimensional beings. Um, um, who are manifestations of the seven rays. Um, the rays are divine flames, sometimes called divine flames. The violet flame, you ever hear of that? Uh, the violet flame of St. Germain, as a matter of fact. People ask me about that all the time. Uh, I'll be at psychic fairs or events. And, oh, St. Germain, do you work with the violet flame? I'm like, well, sure, why not? You know, hey. Uh, so uh, there are various groups and cults. Uh, the esoteric order of the seven rays, uh, the uh, secret order keepers of the seven the seven flames uh, that you hear about quite a bit. Um, so this this idea that the prismatic progression of color is not simply a pretty uh, convention. It contains power. It contains power. And um, it was um, it was um, a very real um, a very real um, manifestation of and control of force then 
along comes uh, introduced to the Western thought the uh, the idea of the chakras and uh, the chakras a very controversial um, very controversial idea um, because um, it's believed in Western thought that we have seven chakras and if you study uh, Tibetan yoga uh, there are different modalities of chakras the uh, some schools have 60 some have 33 there are some chakras under your armpit and uh, the idea that we're born with seven chakras that are fixed uh, in location like your fingers and toes is not how chakras were taught the chakras were placed in position through visualization you're, you're not born with the chakras located uh, where you see them in diagrams like your fingers and toes right you're not born with them there you have um, you place them there through meditation it's visualization they're, they're points of meditation and uh, the colors associated with them are uh, are qualities and uh, the seven rays are often associated with the seven colors of the chakras and when we're working with crystals we associate those crystal colors with the seven chakras there's a great unity there a great logic there and um, this idea that we uh, meditate and concentrate on those areas and we use the color therapy in those areas it all comes to head it all comes to head um, and um, it's a very interesting um, theory and seems to make a lot of sense but we have a um, a tendency in our mind to want to organize things and it seems to work for a lot of people it does seem to work for a whole lot of people we only have about seven minutes and we scratch the surface of color theory next week we're going to start to jump right into the um, idea of the the uh, first branch which is uh, projection and um, I will give you some ideas about how to um, get involved with that um, we shall um, um, talk more about that I think I'm going to sign off here in just a minute I think I'm, basically I do not want to um, transit to another um, subject right now I think what I'd like to do is just sign off now and then start pick up the, the second part because basically I don't, I don't want to like leave you hanging in the middle of a part so thank you very much and um, thanks for hanging with me for 193 episodes that's just crazy that is just crazy and uh, uh, I think that we should uh, come back next week and move uh, move forward this is Reverend John St. Germain we're going to sign off uh, and uh, again some other time you know the Reverend loves you bye bye <laughs>